0: Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast, hosted by three friends who were brought together by their heroin-addicted partners. We became each other's biggest support through some of life's toughest times. We're not licensed professionals, and nothing in this conversation is professional advice. But we hope our stories offer a glimpse into how these issues weave into our everyday lives. You're not alone. We can all get through it together. If you're listening, you probably know we met at a family support group, and our bonds have grown stronger through sharing our stories and supporting each other. When we think about the thing that's helped us most, it's that. So we'd like to extend that community to you. If you're feeling like no one understands what you're dealing with, or you're looking for a community of like-minded individuals, consider joining us for our virtual support group. For details, visit Recovering2.com. We know what you're going through, and we're here to help. We're Recovering 2.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Today, we are here with a new friend, Kat. Uh, She is going to share her experience with her ex-husband, Mike, and we think it is a valuable story to hear. And so, Kat, we are so excited to have you, and thanks so much for joining us. I'm excited. Yay! Yay, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Well, can you tell us a little bit about you and your ex? How long had you been together? Do you guys have any children?
2: Sure. Um, So I met my ex. uh, He was traveling for work. I'm from Chicago. He's from Indy. Um, Within four months of meeting him, I decided to move my whole life to Indianapolis from Chicago. I thought he was like, you know, I waited a while to really settle down. I was in my late 20s and I thought I found, you know, a good guy with a career and, you know, stable. Um, Neither of us had kids at the time, so we We dated for a couple of years, uh, got married, um, was married for about a year, and I got pregnant with my first uh, little girl Uh, in 2016. I was pregnant um, and uh, got pregnant fairly quickly right after her. Um, I really started to realize that there was a drinking problem when I became pregnant because I was drinking along with him, you know, um, so I kind of saw some warning signs, you know, it's not normal for you to like really tell your fiance, like, don't get fucked up at our wedding. Like you need to, you know, I remember vividly like having multiple conversations with him, like, please do not over drink until after the ceremony. Like that's not normal. Like that shouldn't be like a normal thing to, to talk to your, mm-hmm. your future husband about. Um, but I mean, he always had a great job. He, you know, he, he was home every night. It's not like he, uh, was gone. I don't know. It, looking back, he was, he's, he's very much a functional alcoholic. Um, but yeah, when I became pregnant in 2016, that's when I was like, holy moly, I stopped drinking because I was pregnant and here he is, um, Literally throwing up in the car on the way for to see the first ultrasound of our daughter. And I made him sit in the car. while I went and saw our daughter for the first time. Um, and then I was like, hmm, there's a problem. Like, there's an issue. Uh, and he thought he could handle it on his own. He quit drinking. Um, cold, tur- cold turkey. I mean, as of right now, I have no idea. I have no idea if if he did or not. I feel like he did for parts of it, but he was really good at hiding and manipulating. Um, And it just was a a few years of just really spiraling of like quitting drinking and then slowly, oh, I'm just gonna have a beer to, oh, I'm just gonna have a mixed drink. And then he's hiding, taking shots by himself in the garage. Um, And the thing that that I think made it jump to a different level was, he does manual labor for a living. Um, and he's a big guy. He hurt his back at work. And I think that's where the combination of the pain pills, alongside with the drinking problem. Um, I didn't know how to handle that. You know, I've never really been around uh, family or friends that had severe problems like that. And then pills, I'd, I had no idea um, what they meant. Like, here I am, Google in what the little numbers are like, it was this prescribed. I'm just fine, you know, Mr. Inspector Gadget around the house, just trying to find anything. Um, so I had given birth to, um, our first daughter and he had started drinking again a few months after she was born and then the pills came into play. Um, and he was not willing to get help at this point. So I I went and got help. (laughs) I went and saw a therapist uh, and tried to figure out how can I tell this man that I love that I'm not going to live my life this way. We have now have a child together. Um, What can I do? You know, I was just trying to like look for resources. And I know that's something you guys talk a lot about on your podcast, just like the limited resources out there for loved ones, especially. Um, And so through my work, it was really nice. I was able to find a therapist, went to her a few times, wrote this letter, got him in and pretty much told him like, you need to get professional help or I'm done. Like, I'm not living my life this way. This is your choice. Like you can do whatever you want to do, but this isn't how I want to live my life. How do you want to live yours? You know, and he decided, okay, I don't want to do AA. I'm not. I don't want to do, I don't like being around a lot of people. So let me go see my own addiction therapist. So he did that. He quit drinking. He quit the pills. He was seeing this this therapist one-on-one. I thought it was going good. And then after a few months, I noticed he's not at the therapy every week that he's supposed to. Like he would tell me the date and time, but then he'd be home. Like, wait, aren't you supposed Oh, no, no, no. It was, it's tomorrow, you know? And then I found some receipts of like purchasing Jaeger oh no 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 that's for the neighbor you know just a whole bunch of signs um and at this point I had become pregnant with my second child uh and it was just so sad because I literally got pregnant and I just bawled and I just said my marriage is over it's over um so I'm like if you're not going to change for one kid I'm not an idiot you're not going to change for two it was definitely not a planned pregnancy um because there was a lot on our plate already uh so yeah uh he supposedly and at this point I'm pregnant with the second I give birth I'm not drinking at all either I'm I've given up drinking now for a year and a half trying to be supportive of him I'm thinking he's doing really good he just got real real good at hiding it is what he did um
0: so that's uh that brings up some frustrations when you're like here I am you know making some changes to be supportive of you and you're thinking things are going one way and then to later find out that's not the case I think what I think what is so hard with addiction so much is like the betrayal of it like even more than just the like actual drug use it's that feeling of betrayal of like, you, you've lied to me or you've manipulated me. And it's like, how can you do that to somebody that, you know, you love? Um, at least that was always what was hard for me to, to deal with. You know, did that's you- what,
2: yeah. I mean, that's what I-, I struggled with a lot is like just feeling cheated out of a marriage. Like I was full in, fully honest, open, and I didn't get that in return. When I thought I was, you know? And so it's like, I feel very manipulated and cheated out of something that I worked so hard for. And he's just hiding, I mean, I get that's very shameful and he doesn't have the best communication skills, but man, like I'm your partner. You're this, this was in our wedding vows. You know, like you're supposed to lean on each other and I would lean on him. He just would never, for some reason, lean back. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, I think something we've definitely all learned during this Um, time is how selfish addiction is like it is just a very selfish disease and so there there could have been you know likely he never wanted to lie to you or anything like that like he probably is a good person deep down he just has this awful disease that he's having a hard time dealing with
0: yeah well and like logically I think as we learn about the disease like we can logically understand that but then still emotionally be hurt. And then it kind of just creates this conflict of, I don't know, which can be confusing on how, how to like navigate the whole thing when you're like, well, I know he wouldn't really mean to do this to me yet. He is, and, uh, you mentioned you, um, you know, found a therapist, which, you know, is great and you talked about like the limited resources. During all of this time, were you talking to any like friends or family? Did, did. No, up- I was very,
2: uh, I, I kept a lot of it to myself. I didn't share with my family a lot but, or friends. I mean, some of my close friends knew a little bit, but like when, when shit started getting really bad, I want like a year ago, um, is when I started to finally share with, especially like my mom, because I needed her to understand divorce has just never happened in my family. Um, I always had really good role models, aunts, uncles, grandparents, like I, I didn't want to give up, you know, that wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, I never went in, nobody does, you know, but I, I slowly started to share with my mom and his parents a little bit, um, last december because i thought it was only pills um and he was just acting really crazy and there'd be a few nights where i'd have to just like swoop up the kids grab the diaper bag and i don't even know where i'm going because you know i've got family three hours away i've got friends here but they're not you know friends of 20 years that you know hey can i come chill in your basement real quick like i don't know where to go um so it 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 quickly got out of control come to find out it was it was a lot of pills it was cocaine and it was alcohol um and so from like December until March was just lots of chaos and that's when I was starting to like open up because I knew like shit was hitting the fan and I needed people to like surround me and and help me through it um so yeah, March 13th, when the world shut down with the virus, my husband went to rehab.
0: <laughs> the date you'll never forget?
2: I will never, Friday, Friday, March 13th. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he was the last one to enter the rehab. Um, I forced him to go. I came home from work early uh, because everything was shutting down to find him wasted with his parents at my house, his cousin, his brother. And I was like, what is going on? And he admitted he's like i i relapsed i'm drinking again i've been drinking for a long time and i've been hiding it from you and i was like i thought it was just pills because of your back like oh my god you need you need inpatient you need to go somewhere 24 hours inpatient and he was refusing refusing it took a few hours um of me convincing him so he did not want to go um but I, I forced him into it I said either you go to inpatient or you leave this house um, so he went in to uh, inpatient he, he completed his 30 days but in when he was there I found out a lot of uh, things so we always had like separate bank accounts and so me asking the right questions when he was you know being very very honest and open with the help of his therapist um, I ended up having to uh, file for divorce in order to get supervised visits put into place. And this is what I was told by police officers and lawyers. Um, I was deathly scared that he was not gonna stay with the program because I was the one that made him enter. He did not do it on his own. And so I needed, I went into like protector mom mode. And I was like, how can I protect these kids? Because in January, you just got into a head-on collision with both girls in the car and you swore up and down that you weren't messed up and you were. Um, how <laughs> you didn't get arrested is beyond me. Um, you went to a funeral with whiskey on your breath. You know, un- of course, like all these things are coming out of the woodworks once he's in rehab. So um, I think that me, he, he f- I feel like he thinks that I kicked him when he was down, but I felt backed into a corner. Yeah. um uh, and i didn't want to to do this after he got out of rehab because i was scared he would relapse so i mean i talked very closely with his therapist in there to like do it at the right time like they knew it was coming um and i just waited for them to tell me like okay now is the time to let him know like the papers are being delivered to your rehab mm. uh, so it was it was crazy
0: how did he uh react to that then um at- We have mixed
2: uh, memories of it. He seems to think that he begged me to not do it. And all I remember him saying is, are you sure you want this? And I I said, I don't want it. I go, this is what needs to happen. I'm scared for the kids is what I'm scared for. Um, I told him when I gave him the divorce, I want nothing more than you to, to come move back home and we can rebuild trust rebuild everything again never in my wildest dreams did i think he wouldn't come back home like i kind of drew this like really big bottom line and then got screwed sticking with it but i mean it's it, it's what needed to happen and in the long run it's it's for the best but no i really i thought he would just go to rehab and then be like well, okay let's come home and rebuild it all because this is my family and he never stepped foot back in the house
0: Oh. Wow. where is he today like what is the current situation
2: so he moved in with his parents um and that was the only big thing was with the divorce was like i want the house this is where the kids live um i don't care you can take whatever you want and he really did i think he just wanted to start over and start fresh he barely took anything um he took his tools and his clothes and didn't even take a TV, you know? So he just wanted a whole new clean start. So he lived with his parents for a few months and he, uh, bought a house like an hour away, uh, in October, beginning of October. Right. So now he's in the country, living the country bumpkin life on his, you know, 14 acres. And there's lots of, uh, fixing up to keep him busy but it's also nerve-wracking that like you're that far away from all your friends and family and your work like what is the real what is the real reason but again like that's not that's not my concern anymore really my concern is just to keep the kids safe and hope for the best for him and support him in a way an ex-wife can I guess. (laughs) So, do uh, your kids get to go with him alone, or how? What is the situation with him? So, his? the supervised visits um, lasted a few months. Uh, I want to say 90 days is what we worked out. Um, and it was in the divorce decree that he was not allowed to have any drugs or alcohol um, around the kids or, you know, in his body, obviously. Uh, so, after 90 days of him proving himself, we started doing unsupervised visits. And probably uh, after maybe another month or so after that, they slowly did overnights here and there. Um, And now he's nine months sober. So they're over at his house every other weekend. Um, And then because he lives so far away, uh, two days a week, he goes to his parents house down the road and just hangs out with them over there for a few hours or he'll be at the house. I mean, I'm fine with him hanging out at the house, too. Um, It's just a matter of working it out so that I... I can know
1: to be there or not be there. Yeah, and so could you just, so March you filed for, no, when did you file for divorce, May?
2: March, I filed for divorce in March. Um, In May, I was kind of spiraling um, because at this point, the supervised visits were in place, like the kids were safe, like he was doing good. And so by May, I was like, oh my God, am I like, should I be doing this? Like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. Um, and I asked to pause the divorce, Uh, and he, pretty much at this point, all, the only time we're talking is through therapy, uh, co-parenting therapy sessions. Um, We're talking casually in passing with the kids, but, I mean, I've got a one-and-a-half and a a a three-and-a-half-year-old running around. We can barely, you know, catch a word in, so I asked to pause the divorce at the end of May. He waited, like, two weeks and said, nope, nope, I want to move forward. You're just you're not changing enough. And like, it was a lot of you statements um, and a lot of stuff that didn't really make sense to me. Uh, So that kind of put me into a deep spiraling of just crying all the time, all summer long. And at this point I'm going to my own therapist. I'm doing co-parenting therapy. I'm going to Al-Anon meetings. I'm going to uh, the family support group through Fairbanks. I am just like loading up with everything. And I'm literally telling my story to everyone. My entire, I wrote this huge long email and sent it to my entire work staff. of like, this is why oh, I'm wow. losing my shit. Like, please give me a break. If you see me crying in uh, somebody's office, you know, like, I had no shame anymore. I think because I hid it for so long that I just had word vomit left and right. And I think that's what helped me get get through a lot is just telling everyone and then little by little, like, oh, like I went through that, you know and I went through that or my mom was an alcoholic and I wish that my dad would have left her the way you're leaving, you know, like just a lot of good things came out of it that I didn't expect.
0: Um, yeah, that's interesting. That was going to be the thing that I asked you, like, what was that response? Cause you know, we've talked before about just a hesitancy to, to share or like who to share with or how much to share. And, um, and so when you said, oh, I sent out an email to my whole staff, I felt myself be like, oh, wow, <laughs> step. but, um, yeah. it's like mostly like positive feedback.
2: Oh, I mean, I, it was all, everyone was super positive. Um, even even uh, Mike's close friends, you know, everyone still loves Mike, you know, they want the best for him, but they're like, damn Katrina, or you stayed around way too long. You know, like, I, we didn't expect you to stay, stick it out that long. And, uh, you know, so it was just nice, uh, just knowing that I was taking the right steps and I didn't feel any shame going through what I, I I went through. And I I think divorce is a big stigma that people are, are scared uh, to go through because you don't want to fail. I mean, I know there's some religious aspects. I'm not very religious, but um, yeah, I just, I never thought, I never thought in a million years that th- th- this is, was going to be my life. Yeah.
0: Well, you, you know, picture things a certain way and have like hopes and things for the future. And then when that changes, you know, there's a level of grief, whether it's losing a person or a marriage or plans changing, so. Yeah, I mean,
2: it was just so crazy because we were both working on each other and we were doing something different. So like we had the most support for each of us and you still don't want to try. You know, that's what I think really struck me is like, okay, we would try over and over and over again with, you know, just some BS over the last four or five years but now that we have this real system in place and something new, now you don't want to try. You know, like that's what I think really stung. So I think like I it took a long time to me for me to grieve through all of that. Um, and so the, it was probably about six months of just pure grieving the loss of a marriage and then the loss of someone to share my life with. Uh, and I think probably after about six months, then it was like well, now I'm pissed, <laughs> you know, like now I feel like cheated. And now, now I got to get over the anger because now I'm just very mad that, you know, that it, it's, it worked out the way that
1: it did. Yeah, cause it was fast. I mean, this, I mean, when you really think about it like this was fast, I mean, you filed just to protect the kids. He took it a really bad way. And he was like, no, F it, like I'm out type of thing.
2: Yeah. And it, what's so crazy is we never talked about divorce. We were together seven years, married five, never talked about divorce. Um, except for the one time two years ago when I, you know, sat him down and said, I didn't even use the word divorce. All I said was I cannot live like this. You know, I couldn't even bring myself to say the word divorce. Cause I, I didn't think it would ever happen. I thought that he would, that we would just keep working
1: at it. Like I don't know. So to your knowledge at this point, he is sober. Yeah. Now, are you guys interacting okay? Yeah, we still do co-parenting sessions,
2: um, which has been so, so helpful um, because there's still, forever is gonna be a lot to work out. Um, But I think I've been very intentional to save a lot of topics to do in the session with a third party because mm-hmm. um, it's just really hard to talk to him <laughs> with certain topics. To he he goes to the extreme, in my opinion, or he takes things in not the way that I'm intending. Um, so it's it's been it's been fairly nice lately. Um, we've had some hiccups here and there, but man, without the support group or the therapist, I don't know how people do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How are the girls doing? I know they're they're really young. Maybe your oldest might be aware that something is happening, but yeah,
2: I mean, it, it, it's hard to say because it's like, all right, are you just being a a normal three-year-old or are you struggling with understanding what's going on and I think what's been really weird is like a few weeks ago she would run and grab a picture of us as a family because I left some pictures of like us as a family up around the house um and she'd grab it and run over to me I know you miss daddy and like would hand me the picture I'm like yeah um at this point no but like I don't want to say that you're like oh I know you miss daddy no 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 you miss daddy I'm like I mean I miss nine to you maybe daddy <laughs> but yeah I don't know it's it's hard so I I I'm now enrolling her into uh a, a preschool and I know the teachers really well and I've kind of paired her up with like the emotional guru preschool teacher mm-hmm. um so just in case I don't know I, I'm I feel like she's probably okay but it's just like that y- you worry sure
1: mm-hmm. yeah man gosh, this, that was like a lot. Like you just had so much happen to you in such a short amount of time. Like that is just so wild to me.
2: Yeah. I mean, it was, I, I'm a very like upbeat, positive person and it was crazy. I did not cry at all when he was in rehab. I think I was in like, oh my God, the virus hit. I'm stuck alone with two kids and you know, I can't have any help from anyone. And I was just like, go, go, go. Um, once he got out of rehab, and I realized that he wasn't moving back in, I probably cried every day multiple times a day for months, for months. Um, I don't think I started to like become back to myself until probably like September, maybe beginning of September. And I think just realizing like, I can do this, like I've been doing okay, it's gonna be all right. I can put up these Halloween decorations all by myself. It's just (laughs) gonna be just fine, you know? I think that's when, like, the feeling more myself and finding the the happiness and having more happy days, um, and really not having that many sad days. Um, I thought it would last a lot longer. Like when you're in that like deep depression and crying, and you're like, I'm never gonna be happy again. Um, so I was surprised when I thought it. I thought it, I thought it would be years, you know. But I feel like I also. For years was probably mentally preparing for the marriage to be over. Um, I mean, it's not normal to like find out you're pregnant and just cry because you, you know, it's the end. Yeah. So, so even though you
0: had never like imagined getting divorced or had even said that, you know, like there were little things along the way where you were like questioning or, you know, you, how you said earlier, you said, I can't keep living like this. And so maybe all of those kind of add up and led to this point. Did you, I can't remember, did you ever get like a a reason for, from him as to why he said, no, I don't want to like pause and try and work on things together. Like I want to move forward. Did you ever get like Um,
2: a- I mean, the reasons he gave made no sense to me. He said he wanted to focus on himself that's fine. You can focus on yourself and we can still be married. Um, I was even fine with him, you know, us living separately. Uh, he, he just wanted to start over. He, I think, I think there was too much damage that was done by him and he didn't know how to repair it. I don't think I, I still haven't really gotten amends. I mean, he's, he's said that he's worked through this, the 12 steps. I'm like, man, still over here waiting i don't know there's a, i know there's a step in there for me um <laughs> yeah. yeah so i just i don't think he i think there's still a lot of shame and i don't think he he knows how to rebuild us or it wants to even try is, yeah. is my
0: opinion well this is his first time ever in like real recovery mode like there's been times before where you know he attempted to just stop drinking and maybe he did or not really sure but yeah so I'm sure there's a lot on his end to to work through and you know when you think about it he still is in that like early recovery time frame like nine months isn't that long yeah and like, I mean he's he's don't doing me wrong that's good but yeah.
2: I mean and he's doing really good he's he's uh going to AA multiple times a week um pretty much almost every day and he's got a sponsor and um he's doing everything he should so I mean the the thing that's made me okay with the divorce is because I struggled I struggled with like oh my god like should I have filed like maybe I shouldn't have done that maybe I should have just like told him if he left rehab then I would file um and, and I felt, I did, I felt really shitty serving this man papers while he's in treatment, trying to get help. Um, but I, I also, if, if I have to be like the quote unquote bad guy to have my kids have a sober dad, then so be it. Like, I don't think he would have stayed sober had I not been serious with my bottom line and had I not filed. If anybody else in this world would have taken our kids and got into a head-on collision or drove around drunk, we, I would have filed uh, order of protection against them too. So why are you any different? Yeah, for
0: sure. Yeah. Well, and he's always going to be in your kid's life. Hopefully, hopefully so you know that it, it's positive to hear that he's doing, you know, doing well in recovery because that. You know that's important for the long term, and I'm sure that gives you a little bit of peace of mind when they're with him. I remember maybe it was back in the summer, like the first times, maybe when the girls were like going to stay with him. Just like the anxiety that that gave you, I'm like, how? What do I do? Like if you know, I don't know that something's happening, and they're so young. Like how would they tell me? So. Um, I was a I was a hot mess. Yeah. I wanted to like rip open a stuffed animal and put a tracking device and like sew it
2: back <laughs> up. Like I was going off the deep end. Um and I, I had a lot of people talk me down, like this is not the best idea, not the best. Um but yeah, just rebuilding those trusts because I don't think he realized he didn't he didn't realize uh how much I did not trust him. Like I I rarely left the kids alone with him. Um, I had a camera system installed in our house to try to like, catch this neighbor. No, it was for him. So I could go to the grocery store and like watch him be like, okay, are they okay? Are they okay? And I don't think he, he didn't realize how paranoid I was. Um, So when he wanted to do overnights, he's like, why, why are you so worried? I'm like, you don't understand last few years. I I always took the kids with me everywhere I went on for this purpose because I knew you weren't you weren't ready you weren't right something was off so it's it's been a it's been a lot to to rebuild that trust and honestly I have no choice I mean I have no choice that are his kids too so I just kind of got to suck it up and in time will tell. I mean, if something happens, something happens. I just have to like cross my fingers and hope it happens whenever the kids aren't there, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do uh, you feel us do you feel a sense of uh, relief or do you feel free like with any of the situation or unburdened by some of it?
2: Um, I feel like I got really good at like detaching um probably in when i found my happiness in in september um just being able to have him say these silly statements and me to not react and just nod my head and just detach with love um that was something that was always told you know from from the beginning of all of the chaos in march was like detach detach and I, I just, it takes a, a while for you to understand what that means and actually apply it. Um, so once that finally clicked, that's that's what made it a lot easier to, to say, this is not my problem anymore. Those are your choices and the, thats it's now your problem. I don't have to worry about it. My life is, has enough worries as it is. Now it's your turn to take the reins and, you've got nobody but
0: yourself at least I was sort of thinking that same thing when uh when Kat was talking about just like the investigative mode of like you know checking the camera and looking where he's going and all of that I think when you are in it like you don't even realize all of the little like detective things that you're doing and then once you get past that there's almost like you're like, oh my gosh, like the mental space frees up and you're just like, you realize how consumed you had been with that. So like, I don't know. Okay. I guess Kat, do you find some, maybe some like peace in that as well? Like, or think back about, I can't believe how much time I spent like checking the camera or looking at a bank account or searching around the house for like hiding spots and things and just not dealing with that now. It's gotta be nice. Yeah,
2: it's definitely, uh, it's definitely freeing. (laughs) Yeah, I feel, I feel like I, I've found myself again, or maybe I'm finding myself to begin with. Um, I mean, I've been with him for so, so long, um, just figuring out who, who I want to be and who I want to surround myself with. Um, it's been a lot of soul searching and just like diving in deep to like, why, do I choose the men that I've chosen in my life um, and trying to break that cycle and that pattern um, and just being I, I don't think I've looked at that deeply in myself I was always looking how can I how can I help you how can I help you know Mike how can I help this person and that person um, I mean it's in my profession uh, to be someone that helps so it's kind of been all encompassed I never, looked into myself and that's just what I'm I've been focusing on lately and and that's I think what's
1: helped me get through the big hump of it all. Yeah. Well thank you for sharing your story. And you are coming to us live from Florida by yourself. (laughs) You took some me time, which is amazing. Like I was so jealous when I was like hey you want to record you're like I'm in Florida and I was like ah so glad that you compare. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been real weird
2: is that, I mean, a lot of people, who are you with? Uh, no one, what do you mean? I'm like, don't judge me. I'm just here on vacation by myself. I needed a break. Oh,
1: so. That's amazing. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, as we wrap up, are there you know, any last thoughts or things that you would wanna share with others, like words of wisdom or uh, encouragement?
2: just knowing that there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel um gonna get real dark <laughs> and uh, I mean every everybody's tunnel is going to be a different length but just knowing if you work on yourself and you focus on yourself um only good can come out of it and it, you just yeah. gotta give yourself some time and just one day at a time and eventually you're gonna wake up and find that happiness that they kind of you know stole
1: from you. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good. That's awesome. Well, thank you, thank Kat, you so again, for sharing your story. We're so excited to hear from you. I, th- I think people really get a lot out of your story. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to Boy Problems, and keep coming back. Thanks for tuning in to Boy Problems Podcast. If you enjoyed today's discussion, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this episode. Find us on social media, and if you have questions or ideas for topics, email us at hello at boyproblemspod.com.